Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for everything that you've done for us, everything you're doing, and Lord, all the surprises, all the wonderful, glorious things that you have yet to come. Wow, it's overwhelming at times, all the time, really, to realize just how much you love us and how much you concern yourself. And Lord, that in the midst of being alone or feeling alone, that we know that you're never going to let us go. As a sister was worshiping this morning, oh no, you never let go. And that's important because I must admit, there have been many times where I felt like letting go of you. And Lord, you say, no, I got this. I got you no matter what. And that's just amazing, an amazing revelation to know that in spite of ourselves, in spite of our own weak faith, that God, when we are faithless, you are still faithful and you love us unconditionally. Such a love that we are incapable of giving of ourselves. So Lord, as I minister to your people, to your children this morning, Lord, I empty myself as a vessel for your use and for your honor. Lord, clean this vessel, use me, and uh, Lord, let all the words that are of you this morning Remain and that any words of me be quickly forgotten. Quickly, quickly. Because Lord, we're here and Jesus, you are the guest of honor. And Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise. And all those that agree in Jesus' name, say amen. Wow, you know, this morning, um, as, uh, as she was ministering, it's funny. You like ever minister? You ever like worshiping? And you get like weird pictures in your head of stuff, and you're like, "Satan, get behind me!" But you know, it's funny because this morning she was singing, "You know, oh Lord, you never let go," and I kept thinking about that movie Titanic. You know, when they were on the bow of the Titanic, and he's telling her to like hang out over the edge of the boat like that. And he's like, "Do you trust me?" And I just felt this morning like, "Wow, God, you know." Sometimes life is so turbulent. And the only question is, do you trust me? And as that kind of processed through my head, I started to think about the message this morning. I don't have a bunch of scriptures to share. I only have one. But if there's one thing I want us to walk away from this morning understanding is that just one scripture, one line from this amazing book we call the Bible, can change your life. One scripture. I, I talk to people and they're like, man, I got to get this, this plan, bro. It, it's, a, it's reading the Bible in a year. It's like, dude, why? What's the rush? All you're going to do is start all over again. <laughs> Amen? So why, why rush? It's like, going, it's like going to the best restaurant and be like, vroom, 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 vroom. no, dude, no, 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 no. One bite at a time. Just slowly chew on the word. Just absorb it. How many people here like steak? Ruth Chris, man. Mm. That ain't no Longhorn. <laughs> I mean, Longhorn's okay and all, but compared to Ruth Chris, oh my goodness. But you know, the thing about Ruth Chris steak is, now, you want to enjoy it because it comes out to you on this big old plate that's 1,800 degrees hot. So the goal of eating the steak is for it to maintain its flavor as long as it's hot on the plate. 
because nobody likes a cold steak. So you have to balance chewing and absorbing and just enjoying this steak. But you have to do it just quick enough <laughs> to where you finish the steak in time because nobody likes a bad steak. Well, I got good news for you. If you chew and contemplate on the meat of the word, no matter how long you chew it, it'll never get cold. <laughs> it'll never get cold. And while at Ruth Chris, you come out and that steak is like the sizzle and then the, oh, the smell and then the taste and then you eat it. And, but unfortunately, after you're sitting there for a while, the sizzle goes away, the taste goes away because it gets cold. Well, I got news for you. The word of God never gets cold like that, ladies and gentlemen. Never gets cold. Never, never, ever loses its flavor. Now, I must admit, I got to be full, full, full disclosure here. For those of us who don't look for it, it does lose its sizzle sometimes. How many of y'all lost your sizzle? That get up and go. I mean... The word is the word, man. No matter how good or bad your life is, no matter how much you think it sucks, the word is still the same. And it doesn't come back void. And God is watching over it to perform it. But it's not only how much Jesus gets into you, but it's also how much you get into Jesus. They say that, uh, that it takes Jesus an instant to take us out of Egypt but it takes them a lifetime to get Egypt out of us. And Egypt is the world we used to live in, man. It's that old thing that we go back to. It's that familiar place that we go back to. That thing that feels good, whether it's a drug, whether it's sex, whether it's music, whether it's gaming, whether it's porn, whether it's food, whether it's steak, (laughs) whatever it is, it's that old normal. And God is saying, do you trust me? Because if you trust me, then know that I got you. Even though you may be hanging over a precipice, even though you may look down and look, ah, I don't want to look down again. God's like, I got you. I got this. I got this. I got you. I got the whole world. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to start to sing because Andrea sings much better than I do. But I digress. And this is the problem with preachers. We digress a whole lot. Open your Bibles. (laughs) Actually, you don't have to open your Bibles, but you can if you'd like. We're going to be studying today out of the book of Romans. And it's chapter 8, verse 28. Very well-known scripture. But don't worry. We're not going to bore you with it. Because the beauty of scripture is that you can hear the same scripture 50 million times. And I assure you that every time it will be different. Because the Bible is just like that. It's living and active. Can I get an amen? Amen. The interesting thing about the Bible is that God does not change. His word fundamentally does not change. Its effect in our understanding and our comprehension combined with the Holy Spirit's revelation totally, totally changes our perspective on the same scripture that we may have seen an entirely different way another time. So indulge me, if you will, if I spend a little time today contemplating this one itty bitty, itty 
verse of scripture. But that's really cool. Because it starts out with something that says, for we know. How many people here know? Know God. For we know. If you know God, then you know. Why? Because if you know God, if you know Jesus, then you have gotten a revelation. And revelation, isn't revelation spiritual knowing? Right? Amen? Did did you people fall asleep? Come on now. Remember, now, blind people, we we need to hear affirmation. I, I know that I'm astonishing you with my wisdom, and you guys are like mouth open. Oh my goodness, he's just so wise. Yeah. Um, but please, at least acknowledge. So help, help a brother out here. But now, for we know that all things, can anybody say all? All. All, right. A-L-L. Does that mean a few things? If I'm holding the gun to your hand, I say, give me all the money in your pocket. Do I mean the 50 cents you got over here and you're not going to give me the $10 you got over here? I mean all, right? So we know that all things, things, all circumstances, all good things, all bad things, everything, all things work for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, we're going to go back and we're going to parse this for a minute because for we know. Now, in the context of what I'm teaching this morning, the for we know probably should come at the end. And I was thinking about that this morning in the shower. I'm like, dude, how am I going to do this? Because it starts out for we know. And the for we know, it really becomes the kind of the climax of the whole thing, right? Because really only after you get this revelation and only after you've walked with God for a while do you really know. So we're going to save the for we know until the end. We're going to start talking about the all things. I think that this is particularly encouraging when it's all things because it doesn't mean only the things that happened to me after I became a Christian. That's important because my life was pretty crappy before I came to the Lord sometimes. And quite candidly, it's pretty crappy sometimes nowadays. But all things work for the good or for good. Now, the good and good are two different things. But we'll get back to that in a minute. Let's let's go back to the all things. So you remember, I'm sure if you think real hard and maybe not so hard, you can think of the most discouraging, disturbing, difficult time of your life. I have been a Christian for almost 20 years, 19 years. And my life for many of those years was full of Christian bliss. You guys ever had Christian bliss? Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Nice to see you, brother. Nice to see you, sister. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Glory. And those people, those people, you see them. Glory a Dios. Hallelujah. Santo sea su nombre. You know, and it's just like, I'll never get there. But I was there for just a little while. And... 
all of a sudden, this bulldozer seemed to have come through my life and just totally knocked my world upside down. And when you are in the middle of a battle, we got folks here that have been in the service, and we got folks here that have been in the service on the streets. <laughs> and they're both full of gun battles sometimes. So when you're in the middle of a battle, you don't really get to contemplate the battle. You're just in a situation where you're just doing. You're not thinking. So it's only after, if you survive the battle, that you get to look back and contemplate. And as Christians, when we look at the scripture, it's almost patronizing to look at sometimes some of the things we go through and look at the scripture and go, all things work for the good. It's like, really? Seriously? You've got to be kidding, God. And God says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been at this a little longer than you have. Just a little bit. And trust me, do you trust me? Trust me that there is good in this. And let me show you how. As Dario was saying when I was coming up, I own a software company. And one of the things that has happened recently, we went through some changes to the software company and some people were none too pleased about the changes in staff we made and things of that nature because we had some cutbacks and things of that nature. And uh, one of the ways that I was blessed by my community was by having my Twitter account hacked. It's great. And uh, we saw wonderful things like uh, I have now joined Islam. <laughs> And 50% discounts for all purchasers of our products who convert to Islam. And while I love our Islamic brothers and sisters, and I embrace them as uh, brothers and sisters in humanity, and I pray for their salvation, you know, there was a time in my life, as I contemplate that, where I would have been highly offended. How many people here get offended because people don't realize what a good Christian you are? What a great spiritual giant you are. But the last couple of years have taught me that I'm not as much of a spiritual giant as I thought I was. But by the same point, God has shown me that he loves me anyway. Nothing is more of a demonstration of that to me than the fact that in spite of all the things that have gone on in the last couple of years, all the things that I've said to God and thought about God and all the, I'm still here. I'm right up here talking to you guys. So, why am I here? I don't know. But he chose to put me here and he chose to give me a message. And that is that all things work for good. It doesn't matter what you're going through, man. It doesn't matter how bad that situation is. Kenny Rogers, anybody here heard of Kenny Rogers? He's an old country singer. And he had a song called The Gambler. And he said, you never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. The dealing isn't done, y'all. God's not finished with you yet. The good work that he has begun in us, he will bring to completion in his time. How many times did he say you in that? <laughs> Only once. The good work he has begun in you, he will bring to completion in his time. Three to one, you're outnumbered. Shut up and sit down. 
The point is that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about him. God is the God is the epitome of egomania. But the difference is that he's God and he's allowed to be an egomaniac and we're not. God can be all full of himself because he should be full of himself because he is all full of himself. We are but the creation. Beholden to the creator. So if the creator says all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. Do you love the Lord? Would you love the Lord no matter what? Liars. Every single one of you are liars. Every single one of us. If you say you love the Lord no matter what, you are lying like a dog. That is not true. If you have or I have any love in us, and here's the secret. The love you have that you have for the Lord that you feel is so unending and so unconditional. If you truly have that, it's only because he gave it to you. You got nothing to do with it. So get out of that. Stop being so full of yourself. The good work he has begun in you, he will bring to completion in his time. has nothing to do with you. Shut up and sit down. So, all things, say all, things work for good. Ultimately, you may not see it in the middle of your storm. Really, honestly. I'm serious, man. You may not see it in the middle of the storm, but it is. It is good. How many moms are here? Okay, we got some mamas here. What would you have said to your husband if at the peak of one of those labor pains, we would say, come on, hang in there, baby. This is all good. This is all going to be for good. If any of y'all were like the mother of my kids, it would have been, flap, shut up. I can't even see the good right now. I'm focused on what I'm doing. (laughs) So sometimes things get ugly before they get good. But trust me when I tell you. No, don't even trust me when I tell you. Trust me when the Lord tells you in his scripture that all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. Now, herein lies the key. Because all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. And as we've established already that the love you have for the Lord is not of yourself, then how did you get it? Well, it was through a series of events. And that series of events began with revelation that you're not God, that you have made a total mess of your life, and that you can't do it. And all of a sudden you realize that there is an answer and that answer is in the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord and Savior. So, you accept Jesus. Now, I know that everybody says you have to pray a prayer. I got a secret for you people. How many people here know that the sinner's prayer is about 50 years old? So don't believe that traditional line of, oh, just pray this prayer, brother or sister, and you're going to be saved. And you're gonna... 
That prayer is 50 years old and it was created for tent revivals. It was the fast food version of getting the gospel. Okay, this is truth, y'all, and you're not going to like it. Don't throw tomatoes at me unless you're going to warn me because I can't see them. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is that it does not take praying a prayer. Jesus said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Okay, now we've encapsulated into a prayer because, you know, we're Americans, we're, you know, and Europeans and different groups of people. We all tend to be kind of like we want to put it in a package. But the reality is you got a revelation. And at some point, whether it was in front of other people or not, and the purists will say, yeah, but if you deny Jesus before men, he'll deny you before the Father. Shut up. Let me finish. (laughs) At some point in your life, if you love the Lord, you stopped and you said, my heart is empty. Jesus, my life is a, a failure. And you felt that. And I believe in my heart, Jesus, that there's only room in it for you. I've tried to fill it with everything else. I've tried to fill it with drugs, sex, rock and roll, whatever it is. There's a girl I know says, whatever's. (laughs) But Jesus, you're the only thing. Can we talk? And then you open up your mouth and you say, Jesus, help me. It's all it takes. Sometimes that's all you can say. So yes, sinner's prayers are cool and all that. And it's a nice little package. And there are so many different ways to deliver the gospel. It's like freaking going to marketing school. But the reality is, are you tired? Are you knocked down and dragged out and chewed up and spit out? Are you tired of doing the same old thing day after day after day and expecting a different result and knowing you're not crazy because they say that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? If you are really in that place where in your heart you know, then whether it be today, whether it be later on today, my deepest question is what's it going to take for you to open up your mouth and Do the second part of it. You already know in your heart that you're lost. You already know in your heart that you need a savior. I mean, even if you haven't contemplated eternity, you know you need a savior from the crap you're doing today, from that unprotected sex you're having, from those needles you're using, from that weed you're smoking, from that booze you're drinking, from that stuff you're stealing. You know you need a savior from that. I mean, we can address hell and all the consequences of your sin and stuff and the hereafter, but let's talk about the here and now. Because if you're like every other American, I don't care, I'll pay for that later. Can I get an amen? So we're going to talk about the here and now. And that is for you to confess with your mouth. Say, Jesus, please save me. Save me from myself. Save me from my circumstances. In short, Save me from my sin. Now, I have an interesting outlook on sin because people say, oh, I was such a low, dog, dirty, dirty sinner. I was. And I'm still a sinner saved by grace. I sin every day. I've told you before, I don't tell you again. I've sinned at least a couple times today. Probably enjoyed it too. (laughs) 
But the fact is that that's not counted against me. See, sin is what you do when you live to serve it. But when you don't live to serve it anymore, then it doesn't have a hold on you anymore. And the Holy Spirit can dust you off. And the things that you wanted to do, that monkey you got on your back, all of a sudden, it just slides off your back. And you don't ever want it there anymore. And its fingerprints are going off your shoulders. And all that because, hey, you know, it's gone. So you need to do this. You need to understand what you know in your heart, man. You don't need to tell me. I don't need to know. Because at the end of the day, I wasn't born with you. And when you die, I'm not going to walk with you. The only one that's going to walk that final walk with you is you. And when you approach that judgment seat, that Bema seat, is it going to be a Bema seat? Or is it going to be a judgment seat where you are responsible for all your sins? And it's not a matter of you're such a loser and you're such a scumbag and you're a nobody. It's a matter of, dude, you're just in the wrong direction. And you need to understand that that's why your life is so screwed up right now. It has nothing to do with that you're a loser, you're a scumbag, you're a slut, you're a this, you're a that. It's nothing to do with any of that. All of that stuff is a byproduct of you not walking with Jesus. Okay, now I'm not eliminating your responsibility because you don't know what you don't know. And if you walked in here not knowing, now you know. <laughs> now you're responsible. Okay, because we're all big boys and girls. The only people here that are irresponsible are the little shorties. Okay, and there will be a day where they are responsible as well. But as for now, you heard me. So, you know, forewarned is forearmed, get revisado, mata soldado, whatever you want to call it. Okay? For those of you uh, that don't speak Spanish, too bad. <laughs> Same thing as forewarned is forearmed. <laughs> but uh, it's an old Cuban saying, um, or whatever, Spanish saying, I guess. But, uh, but the point that I'm making is that now you know in your heart and you confess with your mouth, Jesus, come in. Come in. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my circumstances. As I said before, it's a come as you are party. Jesus cleans his fish after he catches them. And if you hear me preach up here 50 times, 50 times, you're going to hear me say the same thing because it's the truth, y'all. Okay, and it's an encouragement to hear the truth in front of all the baloney we hear today. Okay, and I, because rated G, so call it baloney. Um, but bulls have to do with that too. <laughs> so, okay, now you've confessed with your mouth, you've believed in your heart, and what happens? The Bible says that you are born again. That means that you have a new way of looking at things, that you are a new creation. And part of that new creation is an open conduit. It's kind of like your belly button, you know? You know, your belly button, when you were a little baby, you had a cord attached to it. And you would get nurturing from your mama there, from Mama Bear. <laughs> that everything she ate, if she ate Taco Bell, you'd be doing the Mexican hat dance in there. <laughs> if she ate good stuff, whatever, whatever she did, you'd get through there. And that was your conduit 
for nourishment and your conduit for so many different things that you could feel because a lot of things come through the umbilical cord and through the placenta. It's kind of your connection to your mom, right? It's the same thing. When you were born again, you all of a sudden got this umbilical cord, this connection to God, and it's called the Holy Spirit. Okay, and that Holy Spirit is the conduit for understanding. It is also a conduit for God's love into you. The Bible says that His Spirit, hallelujah, witnesses to our spirit. I'm going to listen to this after because I'm ministering to myself right now. But the thing is that when we allow that umbilical cord or that connection to the Holy Spirit, to God, to the Father, to be through the Holy Spirit. Jesus did his job. People say, oh, you know, Jesus is not here today. He's not here. Where is he? He's at the right hand of the Father. Remember? You remember. You remember. I remember. He said, I'm leaving and I'm going to leave for you a helper. And that helper is not going to only be with you, but he's going to be in you. So Jesus ain't around here. Jesus is up in heaven on the right-hand side of the Father. Okay? Amen? Can I get a witness in here? Okay. So we have this conduit through the Holy Spirit to the Father and to Jesus because of what Jesus did. And whenever a request comes through, Jesus said, yep, that's one of mine. Father says, cool. I'll do this because it's according to my will. Or nope, can't do that. Not according to my will. But all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. Well, as we've established already, you are not going to love the Lord of your own self. You cannot. It is impossible. You can't love the wife and the kids you see. How many times do you want to just grab your kid? Shut up! Or your husband. <laughs> By the same token. I mean, if we, we have this conditional love for what we can see, how can we possibly claim to have an undying love for that we can't see? The only way we could possibly have it is if that love was external to us and if it was given to us. Amen? So, all things work for the good of those who love the Lord and are called. You know that everybody, now there's two things here. Remember, it's all things. Say all. all. Okay, and say called. called. So all are called, but how many are chosen? Few, Few are chosen. Now, now, this is the irony because a cynical person will say, well, that's right. Ha, 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 ha. God goes up there and calls everybody and says, no, I got you and I got you, but not you. And then you and then you. It's like, you know, like, like going to a club and getting like behind the ropes, <laughs> you know? No, 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 no. The fact is that all are called and few choose to follow. It's nothing to do. God already chose you. There are groups or denominations that talk about predestination that some were made for heaven and some were made for hell, that's absolutely not true. But predestination is true. Predestination means predisposed. Okay, that means that, that means that God already made a way for every single member of humanity that would ever live to spend eternity with him. 
He made a way. So you have been predetermined or predisposed or predestined to spend eternity with God. You have been called. The analogy I like to use is, let's say I want to have a big concert and uh, I want to get 50,000 of my closest friends to go to this concert with me. So I pay for 50,000 tickets and I send it out to 50,000 of my friends. Now, I have predetermined or predestined that I have a seat for each and every one of my friends. All they need to do is accept the invitation and get their butt down to the stadium and we're going to have a party. Same thing here. God has prayed for your ticket. He has predestined for you to be with him. He has called you. Jesus. He is already predetermined. So the question is, have you chosen to be with him? And my thing is, there's only two reasons why you don't choose to walk with Jesus. Either you're pig-headed and you just think that you can do it, think you can do it, which is prideful. Or you haven't heard enough. That's it. There's only two. And sooner or later, the Bible says that pride comes before the fall, which means sooner or later, you're going to be flat on your face or flat on your butt or flat on your back or flat on something. Looking, I'm going, Jesus. And I'm giving you the opportunity that before you get to that, to at least have some dignity and say, God, here I am, and I know I'm not living right, but I, I understand from what, what Pastor Mikey's saying is that it, it could be a whole lot worse, and I don't want it to get worse because I know you've got good plans for me, and, and, and all things work for good, so I want to start seeing how those things that I've seen as bad start working for good for me, for you, actually. So, I'm going to heed the call. I'm going to choose to walk with you, Lord. I'm going to choose to let you be my Lord and my Savior. So then all things work for the good of those who love the Lord and have been called and accepted the call according to his purpose. It's his purpose for you to accept it. He called you. He didn't just go out there and say, well, would anybody come? He called out your name into the creation. Before the foundation of the earth, the Bible says he knew you. He knew you by name. He called your name. You're not just, oh yeah, all those people over there, yeah, just tell them all to come over here, bro. You're all invited. I don't know who, I don't care who it is. Just bring them all in. No, 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 no. Dario, I'm calling you. Andrea, I'm calling you. And each and every one of you, he called your name. Your name. Even if your name is the same as somebody else's name, it doesn't matter. It was your name. So he called your name and it was according to his purpose because it's all about him. It's all about him. And he's got a purpose. Amen? And if you don't know that purpose, the only reason you don't know that purpose, there's a couple of them. I'm going to lay them down and we're going to finish up here. First of all, of course, the big one is you haven't accepted Jesus. And that, that's something that we can take care of. And we'll take care of that in just a moment. Second of all, if you have accepted Jesus, then you perhaps accepted Jesus as Savior. Oh yeah, I'll take salvation. But that Lord thing, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can walk that way. I don't know if I can be as good as those people. I agree. <laughs> I certainly can't be as good as those people. But I can certainly understand that I've got a condition. 
And I need a Savior and a Lord who can change it. And a Spirit who can heal it. And that's, see, I talk to people and they say, Mikey, my life is so messed up, dude. Like, cool. What do you mean cool? Yeah. You recognize that. Yeah, but God must be so disappointed. I said, no, dude, God is rejoicing that you finally realize what a knucklehead you've been. And it's not a knucklehead thing of your own. See, again, my life as a blind person, I'm probably about the only blind person they'll ever see. You know, and, and and you guys are lucky. You guys see two of us today in the one place. You know, and we're probably the most blind people you'll ever see. So, you guys may ask some questions. I say, oh, I saw this movie on television. Oh, dude, don't you mean you heard it? Well, yeah, but it would be really creepy. That stuff used to tick me off. How? Could, what are they stupid? Can't they understand that? No, they're not stupid. Stupid. They're ignorant. And there's a huge difference between ignorance and stupidity. And I am on a perpetual quest to separate the stupid from the ignorant. That is my life goal. So, again, why don't you know God's purpose? Perhaps because you are ignorant. But I would submit to you that if you walk out of here today and you don't change your life, as someone very close to me says, you are a stupido. You are the epitome of stupid because you've heard it. So you're not ignorant anymore. Now you have crossed into the land of stupid. And that's okay. If that's where you want to live, you walk outside and go, yes, I am stupid. I am stupid. Very few people do that though. They will continue to make excuses. But after today, you have none. You've heard in maybe not so gentle terms that Jesus is the answer. And the fact is that he does have a purpose. The other reason, of course, is because we may be ill. Oppression, spiritual oppression. From generations, curses, from another, a number of other things that we can touch upon in other teachings. But there are a number of other reasons why God's purposes cannot be made manifest 100% in your life. Based on behaviors, based on sins that of your ancestors things of that nature, and those get much deeper. But there are reasons. But the point is to ask, seek, and knock. God, please show me your purpose. It's not, show me your plan for my life. People, I'm going to shatter a real sacred cow right now. You ready? Ready? Hold on. It's not about you. God is not interested in giving you a plan for your life. It is not about your measly, piddly little life. It is not. You want to know, dude, change the freaking prayer, man. Change the prayer. Don't pray. God, show me your, your goals for my life. No. No. God, I'm here. I'm available Plug me into whatever it is you're doing to accomplish your purpose, wherever it may be. Stop thinking you're so damn important, because you're not. You're not. Your life isn't that important. Sorry to break the news to you. But he does have a goal. He does have a purpose. And if you will submit to that, 
if you will ask, humbly seek, and unendingly knock. God loves persistence. You know, God prefers, God doesn't like, God, 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 God. No, he prefers, Lord, Lord, please. But he wants persistence. He wants persistence. Some of us are like, (laughs) I don't think he likes that too much. (laughs) You know, he prefers. Now, I can honestly tell you, I have been like, God, I don't understand! And I know many of you guys have been too. It's okay, Hurley. The dog's like, what's wrong with you, dude? What's wrong with this man? But ask, seek, knock. Say, God, your word says that we should know, that we know. So if we know, if the word says that we know, that all things, all those things I've been through, all the things I'm going through, work for the good of those who love you. And God, I love you because you gave me that love for you. And I know that you called me. And I know that I answered that call by faith. And now, God, I want to know your purpose. Amen? So, if you don't know God, and there there may be a possibility that that is the case, whether it be here today or listening to a recording of this teaching, you know, you don't need to stay there. God is bigger than your circumstances. There's never a hole so deep that God can't pull you out of it. All you need to do is say, help! And if you can't yell, say, help. Jesus, please, Jesus, please, Jesus. All you need to do is say, God, Jesus, make yourself real to me. And if you have any doubts, I got you covered, bro. I got this. I got this. Pray the fair prayer. You know what the fair prayer is? When nobody's looking, go into your closet, sit at your table, do whatever it is you do, and say, God, if you're real, if you're real, then make yourself real to me. And if you're not, hey, nobody saw me make a fool of myself. Because the reality is, people, that if he is real, and I believe he is, that it is the most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. And if he's not, hey, what the heck, dude? You just, you're a better person for it. But I believe that it's real. So that's a fair prayer, right? So whatever the situation is, and if you'd like to do the whole sinner's prayer thing and get to know Jesus, let me introduce you. I'm good at that sometimes. Because I love him and he loves me in spite of me. He's put up with so much of my crap. Let me tell you, I don't know how he deals with me. I don't know about you people, but I'm bad. Bad. I'm a bad sheep. That's why he calls us sheep, you know, because we're just bad. (laughs) So I'll tell you, if you'd like, come up after service and we can just talk. We can go to Jesus and I can introduce you to one of the most amazing lifetime experiences you will ever have. Amen? Amen.
Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for this wonderful opportunity. It's amazing, God, to see the things that your Holy Spirit reveals in just one line of this amazing, amazing testament to your awesomeness called the Bible. Father, thank you. And as we go forward this week, as we look upon this season where we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, Lord, let us remember the reason for the season that as much as it's an opportunity to rejoice that Jesus came, let us never forget that he came because we were sick and Jesus came to die. So Father, just let us tell someone about you today. Let us tell somebody about you this week. Father, let us not be ashamed of the gospel. Let us share. And just say to people, you know, once I was blind and now I see. Once I was sick and now I'm healed. Once I couldn't walk and now I can dance. And you know what? It's not about making you a member of my church or any of that, dude. It's just because I know that you're hurting and God has given me such a love for you and compassion for your pain that I had to share with you and tell you what worked for me, man. I mean, your mileage may vary. And, you know, I'll tell you, I'm not trying to make you a member of anything. But my life has never been the same since I made Jesus the Lord of it. And I invite you to do the same. So Father, please help us, whether it be those words or some other words. Lord, give us the words to evangelize and to share with others. And we do these things in Jesus' name. Bless us as we leave this place. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Amen.